Hello and welcome to Birth Trauma Training for Birth Workers. I'm your host, Dr. Erin Bow, clinical psychologist and coach, mother of two traumatic births myself. This podcast is all about helping the helpers and supporting and training birth workers to feel connected and confident to navigate birth trauma. Advocacy and activism starts with conversations. My legacy is not going to be one of sitting around and saying, oh, well, that's just the way birth is. We can't change the system. Let's raise our voices while raising our vibrations. Trauma work isn't all dark and shadow. We can find light in without making light off. I want you to find growth, passion and purpose. Go back to the love, the joy, humanity that brought you to birth work in the first place. This podcast is also available in video format where guests have said, yes, let me be visible. Head on over to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Erin Baum. Now, before we start, if you've been enjoying this podcast and you're listening on iTunes, can you hit pause for a second and leave me a review? I want these stories and support and messages of hope and growth to reach as many people who are interested in birth as I possibly can. Now, to do this, I need reviews. Reviews help the algorithm and they show the podcast to more people. There is no money in this for me. This podcast is just a small part of me being the change I want to see. It's also an excuse for me to shift out of mum life for, you know, an hour or so and have meaningful conversations with other grown-ups who are not quite as invested in fart jokes and Paw Patrol. I love stories. This is why I do what I do. This is why I do this podcast. Sharing stories can be such soul medicine. I really do believe that as healers and helpers, we cannot walk this path alone. We need support, a sounding board, and a circle, either a physical one or a metaphorical one for storytelling. The interview with my guest today took about a year to coordinate and this happens a lot on this podcast because people go into labour, <laughs> babies get born, we get sick, we get depleted and then there's that whole parenting and homeschooling in the pandemic thing. Honestly, there's times where I feel like I can barely run a bath, let alone run a podcast or anything else. So if you're feeling frazzled, know that you're not alone. If you're interested in trauma-informed parenting, then you may have heard of the lovely Mama Manon. No matter how much we cognitively know how we want to parent our kids, and we read the books, and we take the courses, we still get triggered. We struggle with feeling resentment and rage and numbness and depletion. And for me, personally, as a parent, I find Manon's videos and resources so so helpful and last year when she posted a video about using somatic experiencing with her own traumatic birth I just knew we were going to get on like a house on fire. (laughs) Self-compassion for our traumas is something that we're all working on Oh, and Manon has this voice that makes you feel like you're being wrapped up in a warm blanket. She combines aware parenting and somatic experiencing to offer deep gentle and empowering support. She chats to me today about her birth, her healing and her growth and the lessons that come up when you work alongside your child in that process. 
Manon offers one-to-one sessions online and in person. She also has online programs and workshops all around Australia. She's just come back from a tour. You can find her at mamamanon.com. And if you're coming over from Manon's wonderful offerings, hello, I'm Dr. Erin Bow. If you want to work with me, I support families through birth trauma with counseling and coaching and strategies to birth again, if that's your goal. I run monthly group supervision for psychologists who are interested in birth trauma and perinatal work. And of course, I have two online birth trauma courses. You can reach me at Dr. Erin Bow on Instagram or dr.erinbowe at gmail.com. Birth Trauma Training for Birth Workers, the online course, is coming up to having thousands of enrollments. And I'm super, super impressed with myself. Most people who have never bought a course on Udemy before will be able to snap up a new course for $14 or less. So if you've never bought a course on Udemy and you're interested in birth trauma, either as a parent or as a birth worker, rest assured for the foreseeable future, both of my courses will stay under $100. So the links are in the show notes. So more than a healthy baby, how to cope with birth trauma is perfect for parents who are navigating their own birth trauma. It's like an a la carte menu, I suppose, of some of the best tools and strategies that I've used both personally with the births of both my two girls and professionally as a clinical psychologist for the last 10 years. It's not a replacement for therapy, but it's a starting point. It's a starting point for people who are like, hmm, I'm not sure what I need. I'm not sure if I want to talk to someone and it's three in the morning and I'm holding on to my phone for dear life and I need something. So it's a starting point. Um, birth trauma training for birth workers is for doulas and midwives and nurses and anybody who supports birthing people in any capacity. It's been a labor of love. I put two years into that project and it's been so well received and I'm really, really proud of it. So as I said, all the links are in the show notes. Udemy also offers affiliate links. So if you want to sign up for that and then tell people about the courses, then you can get a very small, it is small, my courses are under a hundred bucks but you can get a small commission for that if you're interested. All the notes will be there at your disposal. Now, on to the episode. So, do you want to start by telling us, well, actually, I'll talk about how I how I came, kind of came to find you. I've been following you for such a long time, and then I think it must have been last May you posted a video about your birth, and I thought, this is just uh-huh. brilliant timing. Because whilst I can talk about different types of modalities and talk people through it, it's really not the same as hearing that heartfelt, this is my story, which I think is going to be so helpful for some people to sort of talk through the well, not so much the like looking down on it, but the this is what I felt, this is what I experienced, this is what I remember happening at the time versus what's happening now and this is how I kind of got myself through it so wherever you want to start the (laughs) chain in the unraveling of that I'm waiting with bated breath I can't wait to hear this story yeah yeah well I'm I'm more than happy to share my story as um as uh (laughs) we're gonna call it a birth trauma survivor um 
and also because I'm working with women who have gone through birth trauma and helping them, I can share both sides, right? The side of me as a client, as someone who's mm. healing from it, and also as someone who is helping others to hear. It's like two sides mm. of, of the, the story there. Mm, so and, powerful. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a beautiful journey. Um, it's been hard, like the, mm. the birth itself. Um, and it, I had lots of um, symptoms of birth trauma that usually we would not, you know, name as such. No. Um, but one of the most typical symptoms after we've gone through trauma is um, anger. Mm-hmm. We just feel angry a lot. Yeah. Right? And that can be taken onto our children uh, or onto our spouse or onto the people around us. Mm-hmm. And I remember being really, really triggered by people telling me, so you're going to have another one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, especially uh, a man uh, like, come on, you go have another one. And I got into such anger and I, I could not name that to him because it was just a you know little mm. pat on the back and like come on girl have another one and then he left but I got so angry um you know thinking gosh he has no freaking idea about yeah. what it is to give birth about what it is to go through trauma and basically you're telling me go be traumatized again right this is really mm. how it felt inside of me I was so angry I wrote a letter that I never posted I wanted to post it on my on my Facebook wall, but I, uh, I did not. But there was that huge amount of fight mm-hmm. inside yeah. of me, right? Um, and yeah, sometimes we take it over, you know, on our children. Because in a way, to our body, they're the responsibles for that. Mm. Right? For the and I love that you've gone straight there, because it's often the thing that people are tentative to talk about or we don't talk about because of all the bigger cultural issues the around tabby. women and anger and how dare mm-hmm. you be mad at your baby and all of that so I love that you've just gone uh, straight there thank you for giving us no, all that yeah. birth trauma is really affecting the way we um attach to our children hmm. right um there can be a lot of resentment towards our baby towards our child absolutely um it can be disgust right i've had many moms coming to me saying i'm I'm just disgusted about my child Mm. and disgust is a very strong um emotion that the body because i'm working with somatic experiencing right so i'm working with them the healing from the body and disgust is something that is coming very strongly when something wrong happened to us to our body Mm. right it's that sense of like yuck Mm -hmm. right it didn't feel right right and that often is felt towards our children and there's so much shame as you said right about Mm -hmm. feeling that but i really want um, all our listeners to know that it is normal Mm -hmm. right it is it's a bodily reaction of something has gone has happened to me that felt really wrong that was very yeah disgusting Mm. and I I would say even that can begin way before birth if you've had I mean I had pretty bad hyperemesis in both of my pregnancies I spent a lot of my pregnancies 
vomiting and feeling really, really ill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. even those early beginnings of, oh, yay, pregnant. Oh, my God, I actually feel like I want to die and I'm not even sure. And, yeah. again, the disgust, the resentment, all of that building in it just makes perfect sense yeah. because your body is no longer your own. Yeah, no, that's right. I also remember um, suffering from um, terrible thoughts of um, my baby dying or people coming to attack me or uh, kidnap my baby. And, and again, that's something that uh, many, many mothers go through. Um, mm -hmm. Thoughts that are really intense. And again, that's a signal that our physiology, our nervous system is still holding onto the fight or flight that came up to be mobilized during the birth as a way to protect us mm. right and that fight or flight hasn't um completed it hasn't released so it's still there in our body and when our system when inside of our body we're feeding into that fight or flight our thoughts are very um intense negative mm. angry right so again i want um all the mamas out there to know that it's not that it's something that is actually going to happen the thought is not real it's a reflection of how the system inside how the body inside mm -hmm. hasn't healed hasn't come back to regulation and to feeling stable and, and grounded again right so mm -hmm. that's another symptom of um birth trauma that i could feel myself and i see my clients um battling with you Mm. Yeah. I think we should talk also about um, postnatal depression mm -hmm. right? because mm -hmm. that's a big one and it's also related to um, to birth trauma mm -hmm. right? very much so yeah yeah. Um, and it can be just that the, the birth itself was traumatic but it can also be that in the past when we were kids or teenagers or sometimes in our life we went through a trauma which is often something like sexual abuse that is being triggered again when we are giving birth right so true for so so many people so many of us even we, the ones who say it's it's not relevant i'm all done with that i'm all good you just never know what the body is going to remind you of at any given time that's right yeah. and we can feel like we're fine you know in quotes um most of our, our time but then we give birth and the whole a whole system goes back to that time when we were abused and it's triggering all that stuff that was left unresolved and what just like it was just in a in a part of our system kind of dormant mm. right so we still could function we felt normal and the birth has re-triggered that right and that um, is often part of the healing work of working on both the, 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 the initial trauma, the sexual abuse and the birth, because they're very, they're very similar, mm. right? And I'm happy to work, um, to talk more about that. But to come back to um, postnatal depression, we know that in the somatic healing um, world that depression is not it's not just in our head. It's not just us making up, you know, sad thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, it's a signal that our bodies went into a freeze response, right? Mm -hmm. And the freeze is that um, reaction that our nervous system 
has when things become too much, when things are too overwhelming. And in order to protect us to not feel all the overwhelm of all, all, all the pain, then we go into a freeze. We go into a bit of a shutdown. Mm. Right? And the freeze response is also what um, mammals, because they have a very similar nervous system than us, um, it's what they go through if they get attacked, right? If a possum gets attacked by, I don't say a wolf. I don't know if they live in the same part of the world, but we just <laughs> like take an example. Yeah. <laughs> um, if the possum gets attacked by the wolf, the possum will go into a freeze response. It will go limp or uh, stiff, right? His system kind of shuts down mm. to, numb, to numb him so he doesn't feel the pain. Um, and the freeze response is we have that too as humans. And when things are becoming too big, when we go through something traumatic, like birth can be, um, our system can go into a freeze response too. So it's mm. like too much, too much of that fight or flight that is not going anywhere because I can't defend myself. I can't say what I want to say. I can't move in the way I want to move too much. I go into a freeze, right? And the freeze, when we're in that chronic freeze, it feels like we're exhausted. And I remember that very much, like every, oh, just being with my daughter all day long was exhausting. Um, hanging the washing felt like too much. Um, we feel unmotivated. We feel like the world would be better without us. We've got very negative thoughts where we're in freeze because it's a, it's a death preparation kind of state at the physiological mm. level right so we've got those thoughts of oh my baby would better be without me you know or the world is a dark place or i was not meant to be a mom mm. or i'm a terrible mom right and again these thoughts are not they're not true they're a reflection mm. of what is happening inside of us right so that's what depression postnatal depression is it's that freeze response acting as a lead to contain all the fight or flight that was mobilized during, mm. the, during the birth that could not complete. And it's absolutely exhausting to contain all that fight or flight. Right? Mm. And when we come out of freeze, that's when we contact the fight or flight. So we go from being unmotivated, depressed, to yelling at our kids or being triggered and many of us are oscillating between that, between being shut down, depressed, unable to play, to being um, angry, yelling at our kids. And then because mm. that feels too much, we go back to the freeze again. Mm. Especially right? now, even if you've got nothing even in your periphery that you think resembles a traumatic birth or postnatal depression, I think anyone who's a parent is stuck very much in those two oscillating absolutely and that that's very much a um, you know a signal of um of unresolved trauma right mm -hmm. so that's something that um, i want all your listeners to know that it's a symptom it's something that we can heal it's something that can change it doesn't need to be like that forever right? mm -hmm. peter levine who's the creator of somatic experiencing says that trauma is a fact of life mm -hmm. uh, we all go through trauma traumas in our life but it doesn't need to be a life sentence no, we don't need to be uh, to have the symptoms of our life we can heal from them mm. 
and so much teaching and so much growth and so much strength to be found. Empowerment. It's, mm. um, yeah, and I really, to come back to my story, I really relate to that as the more I've healed, you know, as a whole, my whole system, but also healed from my um, traumatic birth with my daughter, the more I felt able to be with her, to just sit and be with her, to be comfortable just being present without you know thinking of what i need to make for dinner and you know the whole list or wanting to run away and we kind of relate to that right um and as i found more regulation in my system and i've healed from that i've just been much more able to be with her mm. and my attachment with her is getting stronger and stronger every time and i can see how Oh, how she's loving it, mm. you know, having me being able to connect more with her and she can feel the healing um, for herself and through our connection. It's really beautiful. Mm. It's, really it's the next level that I think doesn't get talked about much either. We talk a lot about the birthing person and how they're going and how we're going to get them to a state of well, there is no going back, but almost that, yeah, post-traumatic growth, but that next stage of, oh, the flow-on effect to everybody else who's in that picture. Mm. Yes, it's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. It really um, affects positively our whole family because, you know, when we are oscillating between shutdown and anger all day long, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel good to anyone who is mm. around us, right, our husband and all our children so yes it's a it's a huge um it's a huge relief for everyone mm. when we heal yeah so yeah. much so so mm. so much amazing like things that seem like how am i ever going to get through this how am i ever going to feel good again i think being in that position where you are at the other side now you get to gently lead other people back That's which is right. why i'm so excited that we get to talk to you because yeah. someone is going to be going hmm, hmm, maybe if she can do it i can do it too that's so, right that's do you right. want to give us the sort of hmm, overall skeleton story of what birth looked like for you in as much as is comfortable but also mindful of it's not so much in the details it's how you felt about it but do you want to just talk us through the sort of overall what was birth like what was what was particularly challenging what did you feel like you did well any of that kind of whatever's coming up okay um the birth of my daughter was quite um long it was 25 hours long mm. um and it was planned as a home birth um but yeah after 19 or 20 hours of um not really i'm gonna say going anywhere but um i could feel that it was happening but i think the midwives were just like no it's not it's not happening fast enough or um so they um asked me to go to the hospital to give birth uh which in the moment didn't feel right at all. I remember mm. being really angry, being um, betrayed 
Mm-hmm. Like, hold on, we're going to do that together, mm-hmm. right? It's, uh, we said this is what's going to happen. And I feel really betrayed. Um, and, you know, as soon as I got to the hospital, I was, you know, 40 minutes later, I gave birth. I think the, <laughs> the um, trip in the ambulance over the bumpy roads of the, <laughs> where I used to live uh, helped to move things around. And really, mm-hmm. I wish that, you know, my midwife had done that with me, had, you know, put me up and asked me to move and, um, yeah help that going forwards but i was also in a lot of pain i was exhausted i could not mm. have you know i was not eating for like a day and a half after 20 hours of yeah um giving birth um and then i had to give birth well i remember the obstetrician coming in the room and say okay i'm gonna put a monitor on your baby's head and they're like no you're not doing that mm-hmm. <laughs> like go away and I almost, I, I don't remember exactly how I worded it or how they worded it for me, but basically I felt like, no, you go for a walk and you let me do that with the midwife. And the midwife did stand up for me, which was really mm. great saying, no, we'll be all right. Just come back in a bit. And, um, and I did it and I gave birth. I was on my back and I had terrible tearing. My baby had a huge head, um, and so lots of bleeding. So then I had to go to theater and, mm. and get the stitches, um, which that was also very traumatic because I did everything without drugs until mm-hmm. they had to stitch me, right? <laughs> me too, twice. So yeah, oh, they kind of wow. like, every time I think about it or someone talks about stitching, I notice like I just cross my legs. <laughs> yes. It's still like a, yeah. 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 And it's very interesting you say that because that's one of the symptoms I had after the birth. Mm. Um, I, my left leg, I used to be a a gymnast and a dancer and I could do like 180 splits. I was very flexible, but after the birth of my daughter, my left leg could not open more than 90 degrees. Mm. I could feel that there was a tendon between going from the inside of my knee to my pelvic floor that was so tense that if I was Mm. to open my leg a bit more, it would pop, like it would break, it would snap right that was wow. very intense mm-hmm. that was that was a horrible feeling for someone who's always been you know dancing and moving to not be able to do a a simple cartwheel or just sitting normally with <laughs> I love how you say that I'm like just a simple cartwheel <laughs> well because it was simple before the birth to me right? I get it but it's still just like oh, you know <laughs> that's beautiful yeah no it was uh, it it was horrible to not be able to move my body as Mm. much and you know for a long time I thought maybe they stitched me wrong and I remember having a student there as a doctor and someone teaching her I was like what the (laughs) right this is just so horrible it's like I'm not a guinea pig for you to Mm. (laughs) I'm sorry but it felt really wrong Uh, so I thought well maybe she's you know took a bit too much of the muscles or um, but what I realized in all the somatic experiencing healing that I've done is that there was a movement that my body wanted to do with my legs mm. that it couldn't do, which is exactly what you said before. It's like closing mm. them, closing my legs. I didn't want to have someone going with a needle between my legs. Right? No. 
right? everything in your brain will try to protect you from doing that exactly right so your body's feeling that but you're under anesthesia so mm. you can't do it and that's the fight or flight that i was talking about before there's something that wants to happen there's a movement that wants to happen but it cannot happen mm because I was under anesthesia, right? And it's true also when we're not under anesthesia, but we know we have to stay in a, some, you know, some position or we don't want to upset anyone, so we close our mouths, right? Mm. Um, and I, I've had a couple of sessions like that where I actually let my body close the legs. And then I could feel all sorts of sensations in that tendon between my knee and my pelvic floor, like if it was really... <laughs> I don't know, redoing itself, re making there's lots of tingling. I could see it as re it's hard to find words for it. It was incredible. There's just sensations there in that tendon that felt like something was happening, something was releasing, something was um creating more elasticity in it again. And while it's not perfect and I can't do as big splits as I could, I have recovered so much. Mm. from those sessions four or five years later mm. right and i had tried everything i had tried pilates and stretching stretch, stretching every day for a minute or two minutes right? i had done all the physical stuff but that was not physical that was my body still trying to complete that oh no you're not going to go between my legs mm. i'm going to close that leg mm. right? that was very powerful I think it's um for people who are listening who are resonating with any of that and it might not be that particular area in your body but it's probably a good time to just check in for anyone who's mm-hmm. driving in their car or listening to that or whatever they're doing around and just check in with any feelings that you're feeling note them yeah we'll yep. the body will communicate to you what is uh, left unresolved to what mm-hmm. is um, missing what um where is the work Mm. Yeah. yeah and that's why i love somebody experiencing because we're really asking the body like something has happened and what what was missing there how mm. can we help complete that that was left incomplete because this is mm. what trauma is right mm. so for people who are curious wondering what does a session look like mm-hmm. what how is it different to doing other types of modalities you talk us through anything that's useful yeah no absolutely um somatic experiencing is um mind body kind of therapy Mm. so we're working with the brain and with the body with the nervous system and basically we're listening to what the body wants to say Mm. and the body has five main well the mind and body has five mind main ways to talk or to communicate to us and peter levin called that the cybem it stands for s-i-b-a-m which is sensation images behavior affect and meaning so we are listening to the body and see what comes up Mm -hmm. there could be sensations so they could be like, oh, my heartbeat is going faster or, or there's a clenching in my belly or, or I feel even a bit nauseous or um, I feel tingling in my hands or heat or cold, right? These are all sensations. They're all saying something. It's the body trying to process something from the inside. Mm. 
right? Um, images can be a memory, can be, oh yes, I remember being in, you know, in that room giving birth, or it can be the image of, oh yeah, I feel strong, and now the image of a tree is coming to me with strong roots, and right? it can be really anything. Mm. Um, behavior can be, will be a movement, right? It can be like we're um, working with the traumatic birth, and suddenly you, you know, the client as he's talking or as she's talking about it would do movements of like pushing away. Say, I didn't want those doctors here and their hands are pushing air, mm-hmm. right? And this is a movement that is very important. It's a boundary movement, right? The hands are saying, go away, give me that space, right? Mm-hmm. And we want to work with that movement because that is something that was not possible during the birth, mm-hmm. but that wants to be completed now. So that's an example of a a movement. Um, Affect is um, another word for emotions. So there would be, you know, fear, sadness, anger, joy, excitement, Mm -hmm. grief. Um, And the M is for meaning. So the the more um, psychological part of it or the bigger meaning of being healed right um and so we're listening to that we're asking you know when the body's going through its own process if there is an image that comes up or if there's a movement that wants to happen and we're kind of guiding the client's body to complete what was left incomplete Mm -hmm. to receive what it didn't receive to slow things down that's a big thing in birth when we're being rushed or you know, because we need to respect a, a schedule, um, slow everything down. Right? We can help the client to just recreate a birth experience through all these channels. How does it mm. feel like? How does it look like? What is your body wanting to do? Right? Um, and it's, you know, in somatic experiencing sessions, touch can be very healing. Mm. But we can also do that without touch. And at the moment, all of us, because of the coronavirus, we're all working online. And it's mm. also very, very powerful. So we are talking. We are listening to the body. We're giving the nervous system the time it needs to heal and to integrate the healing that is done. Um, we're listening. We're allowing space for emotions. Mm. Yeah, that's how sessions look like. And there will be, we never know before session how it's going to go, right? Because we're just opening the space for the body to bring up what it's ready to to heal. Mm. So you can rarely do, okay, we're going to have five sessions to heal you from your birth. Mm. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's there, there will be some groundwork to do first so the client knows how to self-regulate um, and the body will bring up what it's ready to heal from mm. at each session. And that will be a little bit each time. Right? Okay. Yeah. And I might have done five sessions myself specifically around the, my birth trauma, but over two years of um, fortnightly sessions, healing sessions. Mm. Because I think sometimes different things come up 
at different times and mm -hmm. I think <laughs> the children being the beautiful <laughs> mirror for yes. some of those things <laughs> I wonder it might be actually useful to talk about some of that too in terms of for the person who said okay I've done some of this work on myself however the anger the resentment the I'm just sick of you go away <laughs> type things that come up for parents can we talk through some of that too for people who are maybe at that like well I'm not really sure I you know because I hear this a lot too but, oh, I feel like I've kind of you know resolved that it's not so much the birth anymore it might be that next stage of well now I have a toddler and now I have a preschooler and yeah, now it's right. like mm -hmm. mm. and our children are wonderful at pointing out to us <laughs> what is the next piece of healing we need to do mm. because they can feel when we are um, triggered or when we're a bit wobbly um, and they will keep pushing there for us to resolve it until we resolve it mm. right so yes I mean I, I remember my um, my daughter healing from her own birth as I was healing from her birth myself mm. right it was quite amazing to see the the parallel because as I was more able to be with her birth story and to be with her then her little body was able to bring um, more of her own healing too. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, I remember her playing, um, and I'm mentioning that because I'm sure some parents will relate to that, playing a game of, um, I'm going to start at the beginning. When she was about one and a half or two, I've asked her, um, she was always kicking her blankets off at night she could not keep her blankets on right? <laughs> even in the middle of her sleep even fully mm. asleep she would kick her blankets off and um i've asked her you you don't like being in the blanket and she just had her first few words and she said no i said why you don't like being in a blanket she said a bit stuck mm. i was like mm, interesting she was very much stuck during mm. the birth. She was in the birth canal for like four hours. Mm. Uh, so it's definitely, I think she had an elbow up or something because I could feel it in my belly. It was very sharp in one of the, in one side. Um, I was like, whoa, that's interesting. She's a bit stuck. And so I don't remember if I've initiated that or she did. I think she did. She put, um, a caterpillar toy she had a wooden caterpillar in the blanket and that caterpillar had a long string you know that's they're those mm. toys you can roll on the ground um, and she would put in the blanket and then she would pull the caterpillar out so, oh the caterpillar is out and she would do that again and again and again and mm. again I was like wow that looks like a birth experience <laughs> of being there wow. stuck in the yeah. blanket and then coming out and then she put herself in the blanket mm. she put herself in the blanket and asked me to wrap her tie mm. right? and then she would wriggle herself out of the blankets and we would celebrate that oh you've made it you've out <laughs> of the blanket right yeah. and we did that i remember both my partner and i with her for 40 minutes non-stop mm. that same thing of her being stuck in the blanket wrapped and then successfully coming out mm. right which is what did not happen 
in mm. the birth, right? She was really stuck there. She did come out eventually. Um, but that's an example, and I, I went on the tangent there, but uh, that's an example of how children will naturally heal from their own birth mm. as we are doing our own, our own work. Mm. Right? That's interesting. They will do that that's they can do that, you know, through a tunnel, especially children who have gone through, um, were born through a C-section, they will be quite scared of going through a tunnel. Mm. And part of the birth healing for them would be to little by little without pushing them, um, but inviting to go through a little tunnel at first and then a bigger one and a bigger one and let them play through that. They will do their own healing with us just being there and um, holding that space for them and it's really magical and after that game that my daughter did with the blankets since then she's been able to sleep in a blanket when she mm -hmm. never did for the first two years of her life <laughs> it's so funny you mention that because even as you're talking I'm just thinking ah oh, yes I have one of those too. My um, shoulder dystocia baby, who, I mean, that was, mm. she was pulled out. She hates blankets. She was always that child who hated being swaddled, was not interested in it, mm -hmm. and is very much a, I want to do it myself. Yep. And she will do things like wrap a baby, but mm -hmm. it's got to be right. It's got to be <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> like, just right. So I think for uh -huh. her, she, she, yeah, I'm definitely identifying with the like, didn't get to come out on her own terms and I think That's sometimes right. she gets very frustrated yep. they're like yeah that wasn't on my terms so yes and I have yeah. another child who was uh induced came out very very fast and she is someone who does not like to be rushed uh -huh. or she does not like to be rushed so it's interesting as you're talking about that I'm like mm, it's interesting thinking about those things I suppose that we can put down to is oh that's a quirk that it's like, oh, isn't that interesting? How interesting. Oh, yeah. The way they are, they are, they are born uh, is, can affect them for their whole life in a good way mm -hmm. and in a, and in a negative way too, right? It's, um, it's, it's, it's their first experience out in mm -hmm. the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And that is something as well that I've healed myself recently um, because I was, as a baby myself, I was in the incubator for the first three days of mm. my life. And that again, this kind of separation from the mother is quite, um, can be quite traumatic mm, right, for both. Right? Um, and what came up in my, in my own healing is that, you know, I had the message very early that there was no one there for me. Mm. Right, that I could scream or call and no one would come because I had to stay in, in that box mm. in, the, in the incubator. Right, and I am someone who has been very much like that like, I don't need anyone, can do it all by myself, mm. I don't need help, I can just sleep by myself on top of a mountain. And I've also never felt deeply close to my mom. Right, there was a a rupture in our attachment in those mm. first few days because I felt she was not she was not there for me mm. now if that is something that your listeners have gone through I want them to know that our, both our children and ourselves we can heal from that right? we don't need to my mom didn't have this information you know 35 years ago to help me heal from it and she's done the best she could uh, we do have some information now and there are some awesome 
play therapist out there for kids that mm -hmm. can help um and also you know um if the mother is doing her own somatic work then she can help her child mm -hmm. going through that same type of healing right so there is um it doesn't mean that they're going to be affected for the rest of their life right? it's, um, no and i think that's worth naming up as the we know now how important that baby straight on mum is and being mm. rooming in and doing all that but it wasn't i mean even in the 90s babies still went off into their little wheelie room with all the other babies yeah and that was just the done and we washed them straight away because they're filthy and oh, no. like it's not that long ago so it is yeah. a collective thing that we all have but yes mm -hmm. definitely i think it's worth saying from that experience we learn and we grow and it's just it's just a ah oh, okay that's something to think about that's something to be mindful of that's part of our story that's right that's mm. right and we can heal from it Mm. yeah what else is coming up for you that you think might be useful for people who are sitting there either with thinking about interacting with their children thinking about maybe looking at some somatic experiencing work themselves i'm, I'm thinking of them um the in the work when we're healing from birth trauma one of the most important things is to um, recover a sense of healthy boundaries mm. right because that's a big thing when um, because you know giving birth is not traumatic in itself it's not meant to be traumatic mm. right? we are made to give birth as women we've done that for thousands of years right mm. um, but it does become traumatic when people are involved um, and not respecting our boundaries and our timing Right. And as I said, you know, that movement of pushing away um, is, a, is a huge part of the work. Helping the client, and I always tell them, you know, we can't um, change the past. We can't, what has happened has happened, but we can help the nervous system complete what was left incomplete and repair mm -hmm. the boundaries that have been ruptured. Right. Um, so that's a very, very beautiful work and it's very empowering as well mm. because the, the mother can finally, you know, kick those doctors away, you know, <laughs> in her image of the birth. She can have who she wants in the space. She can verbalize what she had to keep inside because she doesn't, she didn't want to upset anyone or she couldn't mm. talk. Um, a body can do the pushing away movement that it had to keep uh, contained all this time and that's very empowering because like wow now this is me this is my body mm. and I can name what I want and what I don't want and when we prepare for uh, another birth if we want to have a, another child that's something very important to have this sense of empowerment and be able to talk out for ourselves mm. and as we're talking about the um, getting ready for the next birth I think um, it's very important for us as women to come back to the wisdom of our body because we know how to give birth mm. right we are made to give birth we know how to do this and we can be one with our with our body and that um, lovely mamas that um, 
gave me permission to share a bit of her of her story um went through that right she went from a very traumatic birth to healing um through somebody experiencing with me and she came back to her body at a degree that was really oh, it was so beautiful i remember her telling me she had a baby just a month and a half ago a second baby mm. and um telling me i could feel i was in my body i could feel my cervix open I didn't know anyone, I didn't need anyone to touch or to check. I knew how it was open. Then I could feel the head of my baby coming out, but I knew it was not time to push it. My mm. body was not ready. And I've just trusted it and went with it. And then it just happened and the surge of pushing came. But she was very um, attuned to her body. She had mm. reconnect with her genitals, with her womb, she had taken the time to connect with her baby and she went through that birth very empowered um, to the point that she decided to free birth her baby. And that's just wow. her and her husband <laughs> and, and, her, and her little boy, um, wow. four years old. They were both there with her. Um, and that was, that was absolutely, that was absolutely beautiful. So I want, you know, all the mamas out there that it is possible to, to heal. Mm. and to have um, a great birth to you. Mm. It has to be. It just, I always think we have to go for the next bit of growth and hope and strength finding. Otherwise, we are just going to get stuck in this cultural thing that we are stuck in at the moment where birth is just expected to be horrible. <laughs> and, well, it and doesn't need to be. No. And I think even the sort of, yeah, broader experience of when it is not as was wanted for people, sometimes it falls on the, well, what did you expect? This is kind of just what happens. So mm. there's so much of a, I think, for our children and their children and whoever's children that that's part of the story too, that we, we change it from, oh, my God, this awful thing happened to, yes, it happened and here's what I did with it. That's right. That's so powerful. Yeah. What about for someone who might still be stuck in the freeze, in the, I hear what you're saying, but I feel numb, I've got nothing, who maybe is wanting to start reconnecting with some of these bodily things, but is just so frozen, I suppose, because that's something mm -hmm. I think I see a bit with people who want to get to that next bit, but then it's almost like there's the veil of, oh, I, I almost don't want to even pull the veil down because I'm afraid of how intense it's going to be. Yeah. What suggestions have you got for people who are maybe gently wanting to try and get themselves out of that frozen, numb, nothingness yeah. state? Yeah. And it, it's important, as you said, to, to know that there is a lot under the, the freeze, mm. right? And they can feel that. And it, and it does, it does feel scary. And something that we are trained in, in somatic experiencing is called titration. And titration means drop by drop, little by little. Like if you were to mix uh, two um, chemicals, if you were to pour one chemical into the other one, all at once it would explode. Mm. But if you are to put just one tiny drop at a time of one chemical into the other, then the reactions are very tiny and little by little they mix together right 
um, and we call that titration. And it's our role as therapists um, to make sure that our client is never overwhelmed. Mm. Right. We don't go into the overwhelm. We don't even go into um, the story very much because that itself can be quite overwhelming, right? To talk yeah. again about it, about what has happened. Um, so that's something that is really reassuring for people to know that, you know, it is our role as therapists to make sure they're never overwhelmed. And we always um, um, create the, the ground before we do any trauma healing work. So for the, the, the client to know that, oh yeah, I can deal with that amount of activation in my body and I know to self-regulate again, right? And little by little, the body's capacity to handle activation becomes bigger mm. and bigger and bigger so that all the things that are inside under the freeze little by little get resolved without ever being overwhelmed because we're only inviting up what the body can tolerate what the person can tolerate mm. right so it is a very gentle um modality and it's also very powerful because right? we're working with the the cells with the the deep core mm. um, of the trauma yeah mm. okay and what about for uh, <laughs> i always like to ask this question for people when it, I, it just comes up so much and yet people are like oh i don't want to touch that i don't want to think what about the rage like the pure un like hinged just so 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 much postpartum rage because i know i just know it this is the thing that people don't like talking about or they want to talk about it but they just so on someone else's behalf who is maybe just losing their shit <laughs> every day, every hour at the moment. What have you got tucked away in your tool belt for rage? Like the white, hot, ugly, shameful, guilt ridden. Yeah. The really oh <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well again we we go little by little, right? Um, rage is a powerful emotion and I think as we are relearning to be in tune with our body we are learning how everything that our body is bringing up it's doing it in order to protect us mm. right so if there is rage there in the body it's because something was done that didn't feel right at all mm. Right. And that's something that we need to acknowledge instead of fighting against the rage. It's like, oh, wow, I'm feeling that because my body is trying to protect me. Right. Mm. And what we're learning with um, the somatic work is to be able to be with the sensations of the anger. Right. Because emotions are basically just sensations in the body. Mm. Right, so we are learning to just be with them without dissociating, without losing it, mm -hmm. and we start with a tiny amount, with just a little bit of irritation, and see what happens in our body when we doing, you know, when we're feeling this um, irritation, and then we realize, wow, I didn't, I didn't explode, I didn't, I'm still whole, I'm, wow, I can handle irritation, great. What about we do a little bit more, right? A little bit more so that 
we can stay embodied when we're feeling angry or when we're feeling rage without losing it. And we also mm -hmm. give tools to our, to our clients um, how they can express their anger or their rage in a non-hurtful way, just like, just like animals, right? Because we are animals inside. We've got the same nervous system as um, mammals, Right, so the growling, the scratching, the squeezing something, right? All that is very healthy for us to express um, rage or, or anger, right? So again, little by little um, and feeling it as an ally, ally rather than a uh, something we need to uh, fight against or be ashamed of just mm. noticing wow i'm really angry now okay something might have happened and then we provide our clients with tools so that they can handle it in a way that is not you know hurting anyone and i think more conversations about that the better mm. <laughs> really i Absolutely. think that's always the one that people get stuck on tears are mm. more socially acceptable being anxious is more socially acceptable grief being numb but the anger is the one that often i think people really struggle I know, to because we are yeah. we are confused um in our society between um healthy anger and violence or crime mm. right I think they're so too. two very different things mm. the healthy anger is there in our body to tell us hey watch out something is happening that is not right my mm. boundaries are not respected or my needs are not met. Mm. When our boundaries are not respected or our needs are not met, our body goes into an anger reaction as a way to tell us, hey, that's not right. right? It's the mama bear within us that is saying, rah, mm. that's not good. Right? Mm. And this is very healthy. right? Mm. And we want to learn how to reconnect with that inner mama bear within us and befriend her. Because mm. that's the healthy anger this is what is keeping us safe this is what has kept us alive as a as a species for thousands of years mm. so it is it's definitely worth thinking i think about the whole well, it's not a think it's a feel about the whole picture so everything that might have come up in the birth i think also because we haven't touched on that much but it's worth adding for partners partners are sometimes the people who feel intense intense rage because as i always say to people in what other circumstance would it ever be socially normal to watch your partner being held down cut handled roughly naked all of that naked. and then every part of your instinct wants to act but we don't Absolutely. and so it just gets stuck and it doesn't go anywhere so i think that's that's right that's the, that's the fight response right that their body wanted to fight wanted to defend their lady right mm. but they did not because it's not socially acceptable because they trusted the doctors were doing the right thing right but inside their animal self mm. right the tiger that is inside of them wanted to protect it has mobilized the fight response right mm -hmm. and that fight response could not complete it didn't get anywhere mm -hmm. right so it's still within themselves and that's how that's what anger is right um chronic anger is that fight always trying to complete mm -hmm. 
the body wants to complete it to come back to homeostasis and that's what something we do in in um in our sessions to help the system complete that fight response so that it can come back to a ah, i don't need to defend her anymore i've done it now mm. you know it's very mm. powerful yeah so it is, it's definitely worth thinking about for people listening, whether it might not be, because this is another common thing, even if it wasn't you who went through the birth yourself, being in that space, whether you are the partner, a midwife, a student in the corner, whoever it might be, a lot of that gets absorbed and it's oh, very so easy to just go, oh, well, <laughs> sort of it wasn't my birth it wasn't me I wasn't the one going through it it's not that bad like the vicarious aspect I think is really worth having more discussions about too so that people really do understand that it's it's not just the person who went through the birth and the baby it's everybody in that absolutely. bubble and birth yeah. is a bubble yeah absolutely mm. yeah Take time to move today's conversation through your body. Get up, go for a walk, have a shower, dance in your kitchen, do something to shift any tension that might have come up and just notice it, right? I've been doing this work for over a decade. So if you want therapy or coaching or mentoring or something of that description in the trauma and perinatal area, we can totally work together. Go to drerin.com.au or at drerinbow on Instagram. You can also find the links for my online birth trauma courses there too. There are literally hundreds, very, very close to thousands of students who have enrolled in my courses and we are a strong, compassionate lot. <laughs> we would love to have you join us. Hope is a doing word. My hope is that warm, empathic, intuitive workers will stay in birth, but we need to do something. Take a big step and work on some of the fears that you have. To stay in the helping and healing professions, you need to level up your self-care and support. And if you are struggling to even do human 101 with your sleep, nourishment, rest and so on, how are you going to serve anyone? You owe it to yourself and the people that you serve to make sure that your cup is running over and you are thriving. So again, reach out to me if you need, drerin.com.au or at drerinbow on Instagram. Thank you for making the time for yourself to feel uncomfortable and grow and learn from that. I thank you so much for allowing me to speak my passions and do my soul work. <laughs>